The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? This is Talking the Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host tonight, Dalton Miller. Uh, we were absent from you guys last week as we took a little break, but uh, we're back, and we're here to talk some some draft, a little bit of free agency, some pro days. We're uh, coming coming down the home stretch here, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we get started, Dalton, how you doing? I'm doing, man. I'm doing. Uh, I hope everything's well with the family. Over there in Virginia. Oh yeah, got got the wet. We got a wedding coming up here in a couple months, so that's been. Uh, I know, I know you do. That's been the uh, the main focus over here, but uh, we got a draft coming up too. We're we'll about a month out at this point, so we got a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, free agency. I say that it's not like free agency is over, but the meat of free agency was. Within the last week, week and a half, um, Cowboys kind of did their normal deal in free agency where they they hold off, they they look at some of those bargain guys who make it through the later stages of free agency, but they did add some guys that I think we like. So I wanted to kind of take a look at some of those guys. I know they have meetings coming up with Demonte Kazee and Malik Hooker, uh, two free safeties who can you know Kazee could play some slot for you if you needed to. So I want to get your thoughts on those two guys first. Their meetings are supposed to be coming up uh, probably Wednesday, um, Wednesday or Thursday, I think is when it's been talked about. So what's your thoughts on those guys and kind of where are you at with them and possibly signing with the Cowboys? Well, you know, two Achilles guys. Um, <laughs> so taking hurt guys is kind of what the Cowboys like to do, reclamation projects, things of that uh, nature, trying yeah. to get a discount. Um, so no, I mean, I, I would rather take a flyer on Malik Hooker. Um, I know that he's been injured more than Kazee, uh, but at the end of the day with an Achilles injury, you know, that a little bit of the athleticism, no matter what is going to be zapped from these guys. Kazee is somebody who, although I thought that he was a pretty good free safety in the tape that I've watched of him, he's not the most rangy guy in the world. He does a lot of things off of, you know, his intelligence, his ability to process route concepts. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. He's less of that big-time athlete. And I think in this cover three scheme, cover one, there'll be a lot of cover one played as well. I I think that having a guy with that, you know, good range um, is going to be big. 
also, I would like for neither of these guys to, you know, be the eventual starter. I would love to still attack free safety in the draft. And honestly, like, with everything we're hearing about the Dallas Cowboys right now, it seems like Dan Quinn, and we're going to yell about it in two or three years. I'm sure we'll be we'll all be pissed about it. But he has a say in what goes on and, and how they view the defensive side of the football. So, listen, eventually we will turn on Dan Quinn and he will become Rod Marinelli and we will want him fired for being too big of an influence in the draft room. But for now, I like what they're doing because they're finally starting to put some emphasis on one technique and free safety. Right, and I was going to say, like, I don't mind the coordinator having some say in that if it's not shitty say. You know, if it's <laughs> if it's not let's ignore the one tech, let's ignore safety, let's ignore pay, you know paying the top corner, drafting you know a top a top corner with the fourth overall pick. Like, like if 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 you have positive views on building that side of the ball, like great, like bring them to the table. But unfortunately, Rod Marinelli really didn't. See, you know, started with taking Ezekiel Elliott fourth overall over Jalen Ramsey, evaluating, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about the coaching staff evaluating Ramsey as a safety instead of a corner, which is just absurd to me when, you know, he's looked at as one of the best corners in the league and the team really didn't even view him as a corner. Um, so I think that's concerning. And then, like I said, I mean, we've been trying to get a nose tackle in here for 25 years at this point. And it just never happens. So it's, it's nice to see, you know, even even with a guy like Brent Urban, who's not some big name, you know, just powerhouse nose tech, like that's probably one of the better options at nose tackle that this team's had in some time, which says a lot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably agree with you on the Hooker-Kazee thing. The only thing that really intrigues me about Kazee is while I agree, like he doesn't have that elite athleticism that you kind of look for, uh, at that free safety spot, I do like his background being able to play in that corner. nick, yep. right? Be, just yep. just because like that we talked about it with Keanu Neal who signed with the team last week, like that ability to maybe disguise some things and have him play as like a rover defender and, and move around a little bit, cover you know, play as a corner, play as your your free safety. Like I feel like that could be a uh, a pretty cool addition to that defense as well. So. I really don't have a preference. I, I'm fine with either one, but I do agree with you. Like I, I still w- would want to ta- target, uh, uh, you know, Trayvon Morig, a Richie Grant, a or Darius Washington, like that style of player on day two of the draft as well. Um, even if you do add one of those guys, because I think you need multiple safeties. And with Keanu Neal playing linebacker, with Donovan Wilson being a fine player, but not a guy that, like D- Donovan Wilson. While I like the player, is the exact player that you want to replace. Like, if you can replace you, that, you, you better not say that too loud. <laughs> Dead ass, man. You you better not say I know, that too loud. Like, like, like again, Cowboys like fine. Going to come for your throat right now. But it's like fine player. Like he created turnovers in the, but he's not a good cover You're player. Be an all pro man. Calm yeah, down. I, I don't get it. It's like that. That. The only difference between Xavier Woods and Donovan Wilson is he forced two more turnovers than I think Xavier Woods did last year. So it's like, that's, I get it. That's, that's a little bit much. I, okay. Listen, listen. so all right. So I have people, and, and listen, his biggest fan is is Joey Ikes on, on Twitter. That's his biggest fan. And I understand, first of all, they're both Texas A&M guys. Like that, that, that's there. So there is inherent bias there. Um, and I love Joey. Uh, but 
and he said something that did annoy me a little bit. He said that he's done more in one in ten games than Woods has shown in his four years. And at one point, we thought that Woods could legitimately be a yeah. Pro Bowl caliber guy. There oh, were times yeah. there were times on tape where he was laying down huge hits in the perfect times, avoiding penalties, making plays on defense, and he was one of the only guys. And so we hyped him up. And guess what this is with Donovan Wilson? It's a bad defense with one guy who made plays. And listen, the, the, the sack on Carson Wentz was awesome. He's made some very, very big plays. He is a splash player. Down to down, consistency. Right. He's just not a great cover guy. And you can... You can live with that as your strong safety, especially in the cover three, more than you could in a quarters based coverage scheme. But in, in this coverage scheme, he'll be okay because he'll be able to be the rat in the hole a little bit more. He'll be able to play a little bit more aggressive in coverage and not have to worry about taking deep coverages too often. Um, and I think that that's where he is best fit. And then obviously he can play against run. He can play as a blitzer as well. But yeah, at the end of the day, he's still a six-round pick, guys. Right, like that's the guy and, you want to replace. And, and well, and, but all, I'm not even talking about trying to replace him. All I'm trying to say when it comes to Donovan Wilson is that we shouldn't expect him to be an All-Pro. We shouldn't expect him to be a Pro Bowler. Just like we shouldn't expect this team to be a Super Bowl contender next year. Yeah, and again, like, I'm not actively trying to replace him either. I'm just saying, like, that's a position on defense that you don't, like, like, people view DeMarcus Lawrence as a guy, like, oh, we got to replace DeMarcus Lawrence. Like, that's what I feel like people are trying to, like, view Donovan Wilson as. And I'm like, bro, that's a completely different tier of player, like, multiple tier player. Like, if I can draft a, trying to think, because, like, Morig and Grant, like, are playing a different position, but, like, let's just... Yeah, like, yeah, even then, like, I don't know if it's a massive upgrade to the point where it's like, oh, we got to take Nazaldeen over a Wilson. But, like, let's no, just, no, let's no. just say, let, again, let's just say that, like, you had a Jamal Adams-esque safety in this class who does a lot of the things that Donovan Wilson does. You wouldn't not take that player because you have well, Donovan. You, you do. J-O-K. I just, dude. Am I low on JOK? Like, yeah, you are. I don't I even just, know where you are on him, but you're low on him. I just don't like him. Like I, at all? No, no. Like he's like my 18th overall player. Like I like the player. What, the, what do you mean you don't like him? He's your 18th ranked overall. Just, I'm not saying he's like a top five guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm saying like a Jamal Adams s when he was coming out of LSU, where you're like, this is a top 10 player for sure in this class. Like. Yeah, but I there's mean, some I people think who would be like, "Let's level. not draft Jamal Adams because we have Donovan Wilson." I'm like, "You're absolutely nuts! Like that is not even what are we doing here?" Yeah. But no, I mean, I mean, like I said, I like JOK. Like I really don't like him in this defense because I don't know. Oh, I love him in this defense. He's my strong safety from day one, hundred percent. That's what he listen. That's what he played at, at Notre Dame. Right, he was a right. slot defender and and a, pretty much an overhang. Is what yeah, he wants. I don't, is, I don't want him. I, I don't want him to play well right away. Right, right, right. But he can come in much like Keon O'Neal. The the way that I envision Keon O'Neal on this defense is coming in and playing as that third linebacker. And I think that that's something that JOK could have done. And I think that you know JOK is much better in the slot and as a coverage guy than a guy like Keon O'Neal is. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think for me, like, maybe this is why I'd say I'm lower on JOK than what some people are, but, like, I'd rather probably – this this could blow up horribly in my face, but, like, I would probably rather just pay Keanu Neal than draft JOK at, let's just say, 10th overall. Like, I feel like sure. – you know sure. what I'm saying? Like, like the yeah. value there, I'm like, I'd rather do that with Neil because he's more of like a – he's almost more of like your chess piece of your defense. He's not a down-in and down-out impact player. Like, he's going to move around. He's going to do different things. But um, but let's take a look a little bit at, at some of these pro days that have happened here recently. I know Alabama, uh, this is being recorded on Tuesdays. Pro day was the day. There was a lot of impressive numbers coming out of there. Patrick Sertan, the – more than likely uh, cornerback, probably first quarterback drafted now with Caleb Farley having some more back issues flare up. But After after testing today, I can't see him going anywhere, but being the first defensive player off the board. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, I don't know who else it would be. I, I don't either. Um, I keep, you know, I, I'll go through the simulators a couple times a day just, like, figuring out if anything else makes sense, and it just doesn't. Like, there's not an edge rusher in this class. There's not a defensive tackle anywhere close in this class. Not a safety, not yeah, it's just a linebacker. In my Michael opinion. Parsons might have the best opportunity, but that would be a mistake. He's got the off-field stuff too. He's not going. He's not going to be the first one taken. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, realistically, he yeah, might yeah, yeah, be yeah, the next that. best yeah. option. Wise, to yeah. But again, it'd be a mistake either way. But. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Sertan kind of did a lot better from a testing standpoint than I thought he would um, from a 40-time perspective, from everything, really. I mean, I never thought – a lot of people, like, dinged him for long speed. And for me, it wasn't the long speed. It was just that lack – I think – you might have tweeted this. Somebody tweeted this today. But it was like the twitch and suddenness was the thing that was like – I talked to uh, Eric Crocker about it a little bit today on Twitter. Um we kind of had a miscommunication there because I, he was talking about the correct thing and I wasn't. Um, so I was I was trying to talk about his lateral agility in like short areas, especially like down in the red zone um, against uh, Wilson from Ohio State. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, he kind of got crossed up a little bit. And those are the situations where I think that he might struggle a little bit. Long speed is absolutely fine. But I didn't expect him to be as explosive as he right. was because in and out of those breaks, even when he is going vertically, he doesn't look like a super explosive athlete. I thought that his long speed was fine. I always just thought that he was really fluid. And his fluidity and his intelligence as a defender made him look slower, I think, or less explosive than he actually is. I think he is that explosive. I think he just really understands what type of play speed he has to be at on a given down. And I think that's why I thought that he was a little bit less explosive than he is because, man, when you're six foot two, when you're 208 pounds, when you have length like that, the only thing I really wish that I would see more is a little bit more physicality at the line of scrimmage and press, but that's it, man. Like, he's not, for me, an elite prospect. No. But he is as solid as a corner prospect as as they come. But I thought the same thing last year, and look how that turned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Akuda, with Akuda, and Akuda yeah. was terrible this year because he was played as a cover one man coverage corner, and that's not where he was best fit. He was best fit in that cover three, being able to read, react, use his intelligence, use his instincts, and play off of the ball like that. Um, that's not what he was able to do in Detroit in year one. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like you said, like for me, 
still, you know, for me, like, I had to, and I hate doing this because if we don't have the information that teams get with medicals and stuff like that, but, like, I had to bump Caleb Farley off the spot because, like, you didn't play this year because of opting out slash there's been whispers that he still didn't feel like he was healthy enough to play. And then, so when you don't play for a full year and then you go into the off season after not playing for a full year and get surgery on your back, that's a red flag. I mean, whether it's serious or not, it's still a red flag. So, like, I had to bump him off the CB1 spot, which hurt me because I love – I think from a prospect, you take everything, everything injury-related, off-the-field-related, everything – out of the equation, like as a football prospect, I think Caleb Farley's far and away the best prospect for a corner in this class, um, given his ball skills, his speed, his athleticism, his twitch, uh, all that. I mean, his ability to play man zone. And like, that's the that's the weird thing is like he wouldn't have tested much better right, than right. than than Patrick Sertan. But when you watch him on the field it and his so and his explosiveness, right. especially coming downhill. Being able to, to read and react, and, and, and Caleb Farley, yeah, I mean, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan did not do the shuttle and did not do the three cone. Yeah. And that is where I think the difference in their athleticism really right. truly lies, is his ability, Caleb Farley's at six foot two, 205 pounds, to move as, 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 as explosively in right. those short areas as he does. And is he as intelligent a defender? Is he as instinctive? He's more instinctive, I think, as you know, going and attacking the football. But from a, an intelligence perspective, I mean, Patrick Sertan might be the smartest cornerback I've ever evaluated. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And like I said, like it's always. You always... And I think I underrated his athleticism because of that. I, I do. I and I'm I might miss on him, and he might be one of the top five corners in the NFL someday. I don't see that, but he might be. Yeah, and again, like I think. I talked about this with like John owning a lot on Twitter, you know, because John really loves Pat. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that T-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 
I still really like Pat. Like he's my thirteenth. He's been my thirteenth overall player for most of this process. So it's like it's not like I'm, I got him down in the mid twenties or whatever. Like I still really like the player. It's just I liked Farley better. Like I actually. Which again, I'm, I think I'm going back through now, kind of finishing a lot of my my official grades and, and finishing reports on some of these guys. Like now that the testing comes out, and again, it, I hate to do this because it's not all about testing, but now you see those numbers, you see that he tested better than you think he would. Like there's a good chance he'll jump Horn, who was my cornerback too. So it's like it's just going to be interesting to see how it shakes out because three weeks ago my order is going to be completely different because of the Caleb Farley back stuff, because of Sertan's you know, big days is pro day, which again, you don't put a lot of stock into that, but you still have to put some because I expected four or fives, 40. I expected some explosiveness, but not at the percentile that he tested at. So it's just like, it's tough to really see how that's going to work out. But, um, but to move off of these corners, I did want to talk a little bit about some of the other surprises um, throughout the pro day process, some guys who've tested well. I know Ojolari, uh, Aziz Ojolari, the Georgia edge rusher, he did some things really well, and then his three-cone wasn't very good, which I didn't expect his three-cone to be great, but I didn't expect it to be as low as it was either. Um, and then we saw guys like Stokes and Campbell test really well as well. And I think all three of those guys should be in the you know conversation to be drafted by the Cowboys with – with you know whether it's a trade back for Ojolare or if he falls to 44 or Stokes and Campbell at 44 or whatever like what what was your what are your thoughts on those Georgia players and where you kind of see them being fits for for this team Yeah I mean so for for Ojolare I think that I've probably been a little bit lower on him uh throughout the process than a lot of people um, I've kind of come around on him a little bit, but at the end of the day, like I still think that he only really has one legitimate pass rush move right now, which I think is you know difficult for me to project to the next level. He is undersized. The three cone was okay. Um, it wasn't terrible. You would have wished it to be better for a guy that is his size, um, but he doesn't really win with his ability to to you know make guys miss laterally it's more just his ability to burst off the line of scrimmage win on the outside and then you know work his outside move which he does really really well and he's got good pen um and he's still growing as a player overall so like I like him um but I don't love him and he's going to be gone before the Cowboys ever have a chance to draft him unless they were to try to draft him at 10, which I I think is too rich for him. He's a perfect um, trade-back candidate for me if you just, you know, say Sertan goes, say there's a world where Sertan and Slater go, and they're just like, we're not going to draft the Pitts or a Waddle. Like, you move back to 16-17 and draft Ojolari and pick up a second or a third-round pick, whatever it would cost. Like, I feel like that's the only chance you'd have it getting him. Or a situation where you draft Sertan at 10 and Ujlari falls to mid-20s, and you want to move up and get him, like something like that. But I don't yeah. see him falling to 44, obviously, and 10 yeah. still more than I'd like to spend. Yeah, um, Stokes have been lower on throughout the process. There's, Same. There's, some about, there's some about the way he runs. I don't think he's super <laughs> physical. Um, he's kind of hunched over. I just, I don't, I don't love, like, super hunched over. I don't, I don't really like that all that much. I, I think that his upper body's tight. Um, I said that. Comes, when I when I first watched those corners, like people were like, "Oh, Stokes is a freak athlete," and I was like, "It's weird because when I watch Campbell, like, like I, I like, knew I knew Stokes was fast. I, right. well, I knew that, but I I thought Campbell was the better overall athlete. That's like, what I was gonna obviously, say. 
we're wrong. That's not, right. That ended up not being true, and I don't right. understand because, honestly, the 4-4-0 from Tyson Campbell I thought was slow. Right. I expected him to be in the mid-4-3s at, at his pro day because then right. you look at it, he's probably a 4-4-1 guy at the combine if you add the, the six hundredths of a second to his, his, his time at the pro day. Um and so that's kind of where I thought he would be. So to see him run a little bit slower was, was a little bit weird. I think that his play speed is faster than that. But when it comes to Tyson Campbell, like he's a cover three corner. Right. And I say that because he's not agile. He is very linear. And being able to cover <sighs> that deep zone is something that he can do really well. God bless you or bless oh, you. I thought or, I was supposed, to, you guys I was supposed, to, supposed to meet your mic, meet but that. you didn't. It's okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think Tyson Campbell is an option at 44, depending on what else is around, because I think that there are some really, really good corners in this class I would rather have at 44. But if you really want to take a corner at 44 and he is there, um, I think that there's an opportunity that he's the best player on the board at corner in your scheme as the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about my dream scenario of 44, and that is Ifatu Melifonwu, our, our good buddy who came on the show. I don't uh, get it, man. Uh, the testing was great. He's a freak for his size. I I don't I don't know what like his draft stock is. Just oh like, no, I thought. I mean, this is, nobody's gonna see this video, but you looked so bummed when I said that, and I was like, I'm pretty sure. I saw you say you had a first-round grade on him, which I do too, and I was like, why would we be bummed if he Yeah, was... no, he's, I mean, and his Raz was really good overall. It was a 9.57 overall. Yeah. He's got great size. His vertical was a 41.5. Broad was 11.02. Like, the his dude is explosive hit... as hell, and honestly, he ran slower than Slower I than we thought, yeah, yeah. He, but, he talked but... to me a little bit about it, and he was like, yeah, I'm expecting to, you know, I've been running in the mid-4-3s, and, you know, I'm hoping to run in that mid to high-4-3s. And it, I mean, again, you're four four zero, so it's not like it's off by four four eight. 8 Oh, 4-4-8. Yeah, see, that's yeah. slow. That's slower, a lot slower than I think he expected it to be. But, um, yeah. but, I mean, again, like, that's another guy. You turn on the tape, like, the tape's good, the athleticism's good, the size is good, the length is good, the ball skills are, are, are solid. Like, there's nothing really – all that wrong with his game. He can play off man. He can play zone. He can play. He can play like the one thing. Same thing you kind of said with Sertan. Like the one thing you wish you'd do better is be more physical as a press press man corner, which is like yeah. you have all the skills to do it. So it's like what what are why is I, I just don't get why he's not being talked about more. It's got it's got to be the bloodline. It has yeah. to be. It has to be it Syracuse in the bloodline because if that's any you know if, if that's if that's Tyson Campbell, if that's Eric Stokes, who has that tape with those measurables, with those testing numbers, like we're talking about that guy going at the back end of the first round, and we're just, I just don't see that talk for Mel Fonwu. But I think, you know, if they don't go corner in the first, that would be my dream scenario is that he falls to 44 and he's the pick because I think he's a perfect team fit. So. He is. I agree. Um. So we talked a little bit about the safeties. We talked a little bit about the corners. We talked about a few of these, you know, there's not many top edge rushers, but the, the few guys we're interested in. Uh, we have a few more pro days coming up. We're, I think we're both really looking forward to, like, Aleem McNeil's pro day because I think he makes a lot of sense for this team. Um, Milton Williams, the Louisiana Tech defensive lineman tested today. He's an interesting one that not a lot of people are talking about yet. What's your thoughts on him? I don't like him at all, like I mean, at all. He's I didn't a- like his tape. Um, his, 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 so his North Texas tape was okay. Um, and outside of that, like, 
he's just that that tweener. He's just that that guy that's kind of a, a five technique, kind of a three technique, but really gets bullied off the line of scrimmage and really isn't a guy that I like coming off the edge. Like even with the freak athleticism, like you only see it every once in a while. And I need to see, for me, the small school guys, the guys like Milton Williams, you need to not just be good at your level. You need to dominate your level of competition. And even against North Texas, I did not see that domination most of his reps. There were a couple reps that were like, okay, I can see what people are talking about. But when Lance Zerline says, this is a guy who is going to go in the second round, I say, no, let somebody else take him in the top 100 because I'm looking at him on day three. That's that's where I'm at with him. He he didn't crack my top 100. Um and I was later on him, like, you know, I, I really didn't hear. No, I didn't know anything about him. And right. then I just saw the testing, and I was like, I got to right. watch this guy. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm underwhelmed. That's exactly what happened with me. You know, I was like, who? Looked at him, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. You know, fourth, late fourth round or something, if you're going to take, if you haven't drafted a guy yet, and you want to take a super athletic dude who's still got to figure out how to play football, sure. But I'm not drafting that dude in the second round. I can tell you that much. Third round, nope. So, um, all right, let's uh let's I guess we'll go ahead and kind of get everything wrapped up, but I wanted to ask you with the guys who've been signed in free agency with kind of the, you know, tea leaves being out there with the free safety guys being brought in. Um you kind of have a good deal what this team's going to look like heading into the draft. Obviously that can change. But let's kind of look at it, and and what are your thoughts that they're looking at right now? I mean, I feel like we know that corner's going to be up there, but First, second, third round, these top 100 picks, where where should the Cowboys be and where do you think they're going to be with kind of heading into the draft after free agency and the offseason kind of working its way through? I mean, hopefully it's just on the – I mean, I hate to say this because it feels kind of like a cop-out because I would take a couple of offensive guys, but it's corner, free safety, linebacker, defensive tackle, and edge. Like, that's that's where it's at for me. I. I don't want them to go offensive tackle. I know a lot of people do. I understand where they're coming from. But I'm trying to throw as many darts at this defense as humanly possible and seeing what sticks to the board. Um, I think that the the biggest need is obviously corner. I mean, I actually think the biggest need is that one technique. Brent Urban coming in alleviates that a little bit, but I would like to get a really, really big-time athlete at the position. Um, somebody like Annalie McNeil would be just my dream, obviously. Um, and then, you know, free safety and corner after that, and then your your tertiary needs are, are really your edge rusher and your linebacker as a, a, a linebacker three or somebody who can come in, please, for the love of God, somebody that can come in and cover on third down so Jalen Smith doesn't have to be on the field for 98% of your defensive snaps. <laughs> yeah, I think, which we haven't really been too you know too negative with the, the team and the way they handed free agency, but not doing that Kyle Fuller deal, which I didn't expect him to, but like that would have been so perfect for me because you could have brought in Kyle Fuller on a reasonable one-year deal. And then you really could have freed up the Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle dream, or I mean, you could have just if you if you brought in Kyle Fuller, your first round is just wide open. You could do whatever you wanted to do, and uh, you know if those guys go, you draft Sertan, and you feel really good about your corner room in 2021. Like that was my only like knock, really. I mean, I, I would have done a few other different things. I'd have you know signed guys that got money elsewhere, but 
like that one just would have been so easy because you you lock in a pure lockdown corner. You have Trayvon Diggs coming back for year two. You're hoping he showed strides. You have Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis as your slot. You have Keanu Neal's your your strong safety slash hybrid linebacker. Like you feel a lot better about your defense because of that corner room if Kyle Fuller was brought in, but he wasn't. So finding that true, you know, number one corner is still a mission for this team. And, you know, we see how corners trans, you know, translate to the NFL with, with Jeff Okuda and a lot, a lot of these guys. So the chances of you finding a guy at 10 that's going to step in and just make an immediate impact on your team is going to be tough to do. But we feel, you know, good that whether it's Sertan, whether it's Horn, whether it's, you know, even a guy like Melifonwu or, you know, whatever. If they add one of these top five, six guys in the top, you know, 50, we feel good about, uh, feel okay about this corner room. But that would have been my dream is that they, they bring Kyle Fuller on on that deal and then just really free themselves up with those that top 10 pick and, and go get a guy who can just be a all pro for you for 20 years, 10 years is the hope. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that Kyle Fuller uh, was even considering anywhere except for yeah, the Denver right. Broncos. I think he had a deal done before he was even yeah, a free the agent. Mon- the money he was, was a free agent for $34 million or right. for 34 minutes. Like it was that quick. Yeah. Uh, quick question before we get out of here. Who was your favorite free agent signing? For this team or just in the entire league? For this team. We're talking the star here, brother. Actually, it's talking the draft, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I... I'm going to answer it in two ways because I feel like... I feel like Keanu Neal has the biggest opportunity to make the biggest impact because I think it's going to get Jalen off the field on third downs. It's going to give you, well, not a great cover defender. It's going to be better, and I think that's something that this team severely lacked uh, last year. Um, But really, you know, I I like the Brent Urban signing too because it's a body there at that nose tackle position, uh, a big, strong body. But I'm kind of really interested to see if Terrell Basham can turn into a player that I thought he could be coming out of Ohio a few years ago because I really liked him coming out of the draft and, like, he didn't fit great with the Jets. I remember when they drafted him, I didn't love that fit because like, they kind of play him as a outside linebacker almost and he's he's in coverage some and just, like, I feel like if he could put his hand in the ground and just rush the passer and play the run, he could be a quality player. So I'm interested to see how that one turns out. Um so I know I answered that in three different ways, but I'd say Keanu Neal probably has the biggest you know opportunity to make the biggest impact. But I think Terrell Basham could be a sneaky uh, you know good signing if if he's able to fit in and stay healthy, play a role that I think he could succeed in. What about for you, Jake McQuaid? Easily, um, and I say that because the shirt and blazer combination that he wore for his uh, <laughs> contract signing. <laughs> Was very James Mayish. I don't know if anybody anybody listening knows who that is, but he is a TV presenter. Um, used to be for the BBC, now for Amazon. Um, he's a does a car show. He wears fantastic floral shirts with blazers. Um, Jake McQuaid also teamed that with a fantastic red beard um, and a nice little comb over. Um, so I, I felt like that was the best signing for that aesthetic alone. All right, let me ask you, if they can sign one more player, 
this year in free agency with everybody that's still out there, who would it be? Quentin Dunbar. Is he still is he he's still available? Is he a free agent? Why? Probably because you robbed a couple people last year, and then yeah, I mean he got away fine. with it. But he's like, fine. Yeah, we're good. We need that. I mean, he wasn't very good in Seattle, but you know the Cowboys are all about reclamation projects, and in that you know squat cover three scheme that Washington ran, yeah, he's he awesome. Was, he was pretty good in it, man. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there still is a ton of good edge rushers. There's, There's a, a ton, ton of good corners, corners too, bro. still available. So it's like you can still add some decent players if they wanted to. We'll see what happens, but. All right, we're going to get out of here. This is talking draft. We talked some NFL free agency, so kind of talking the star slash talking the draft. But um, probably after this week, we'll be back to full-time talking the draft as we march closer to the NFL draft, which is just about a month away. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the platform you listen on. Uh, give us a good review. Give us a good rating. We'll see you guys next time on the Talking the Draft podcast.